Well, good morning, campers. I hope you're staying warm. It's Mike. <laughs> and Mary. And it's Mondays with Mike and Mary. Chilly Mondays. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> I know lots of us are below zero for the first time this winter, and some of us are still enjoying sunny and 70. So wherever you are, welcome to the podcast. That's right. This is our chance to reflect back some of the highlights of our most recent coaching calls. So thanks for listening. And we start with the parade of techniques. Then we go to ask the experts. And before we even get to parade of techniques, I have to tell you something I heard. Oh. From somebody who has been in R squared for years, left for a year to take care of some family business, to take care of some health issues. And I think maybe to look around because here's what she said. I think you'll like hearing this. I can't wait. Last year, I looked at eight other coaching programs. Oh, my. And nothing is better than R squared. Ah. And that's why she's back. So it that's was great, wonderful to hear that. Great so validation. Do you have a parade for us? I have a parade. Yes, I do. I have a student who was at his child's fourth grade, I don't know, play or celebration or whatever it was he was in the elementary school this is a k through six elementary school and with beautiful calligraphy on the wall there was a message and i'd like to share that message with okay. all of y'all all y'all it's the three habits and the first habit that was calligraphied on the wall of the elementary school is be proactive you are in charge in an elementary school. The second one is wow. begin with the end in mind. I've heard that before. Have yeah. a plan. Yeah. That's Charlie Munger, uh -huh. uh, Warren Buffett's uh, associate. And the last one is put first things first, work, then play. Holy cow. Some people have spent their entire lives to get to where <laughs> they can live like that. And here is this school. What great leadership at that school teaching our children when they're five that this is just normal. This is what our values are. I love it. So if you have a, a chance to do some calligraphy at your elementary school, I recommend you copy them down. <laughs> kind of interesting because you never know where inspiration and motivation is going to come from or wisdom and insight because my parade of techniques came from somebody who was watching a chiropractor's presentation. Oh. Yep. And here's what the chiropractor said. Persistent people get results. Consistent people keep them. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I did too, yeah. Because <laughs> there is a difference between persistence and consistency. Yes, there is. Yeah, if you're both, wow. You get them and you keep them. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't that funny? I love that we don't know what each other is bringing to this conversation. Yeah. I have an Ask the Experts. Sweet. So if you've listened to us before, you know that we always um, listen to our students. Ask the experts. They have a question, uh, a dilemma, a situation that they'd like to solve. And part of our coaching philosophy is if we can get rid of the problems quicker, if we can handle adversity more quickly, then it, it smooths the way to additional transactions for the year, right? So this student said, what do you do when people challenge your comparables? When they think that when you're setting the price, you did it incorrectly. So we had a rousing conversation and all kinds of input. I'm curious, challenge how? 
Like well, they think you're lying to them? They think you're wrong. Oh, what? Because you... Well, it could be because the seller thinks the price should be higher. It could be that the buyer thinks the price should be well, lower. Well, we know the seller thinks the price should be higher, but how can they question your comps? Are they saying the facts are wrong? <laughs> you you wrote them down wrong? What? This, this is my ask to okay, this question. Go ahead. So you just be quiet and get ready for yours. Okay. <laughs> so here is uh, the advice that was given. Um, first, I love this. We will always have this conflict. Hmm. It will always occur that people think your comps are wrong, that the house is too high or too low or whatever. I love that. Just that great attitude that, yeah, this is pretty normal out there in the world. Here's the next one. Um, show your comparables with their original price. So we have some markets where maybe the um, comparables got bid up. And the original oh, list yeah. price was a little bit lower sure. than the final sale price. Uh -huh. Show both rather than just one. And explain to sellers that when sellers price their home correctly, they're much more likely to be in a multiple offer situation and create a bidding war. That's part of how you get a higher amount. I like that. Um, sh don't argue with a buyer's agent. Say words like, just get me the offer. Just bring the offer in. Just write something so we uh, at least have some uh, somewhere to start. An offer is better than no offer? Oh, my gosh. That sounds like Floyd Whitman. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. For 30 years. Exactly. Um, with appraisers, tread lightly. And then one of our students said these words. She says to her sellers, most realtors wait until the appraisal comes in low. But what I do is I connect before the appraisal is complete. See, if, if you wait until the appraisal has come in low and you try to deal with it, now you're trying to get the appraiser to restate what he already stated. He's turned that appraisal into his boss. Now he's got to change the numbers to make you happy. So you're better off getting him or her before they submit the appraisal. Did you, she go to that elementary school? And that must be, be it. proactive. Please call me if you run into problems, you know, and may I leave you my, how I came up with the price, I'll leave those comparables for you. Either drop them off, leave them on the, on the kitchen counter with a note. And uh, I thought if you're going to do that, you might as well put a brownie or a slice of pie along with it so they don't miss it. Yeah. <laughs> so hope that helps some folks out there. Very nice. I also like the Hide the sale price with post-it notes. I do too. Yeah. We just did that at the listing presentation workshop. You guys missed it. Oh, you should have been there. Not all of you. Well, that's right. <laughs> Sunny San Diego. Come to yeah. the next one. What's your parade of... Oh, what's your Ask the Experts? Well, I got somebody who's frustrated. Oh, no. Yeah. Lots of sellers who should be listing now are putting her off. No. They're procrastinating. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's pretty common for this time of year. Yeah. You know, right at the turn of the year, from end December and January, that's when you get a lot of people procrastinating. They take a look out the window and go, eh, I think we'll wait until this all melts or goes away or changes or whatever. But most of all, the frustration comes from the sellers who are saying, well, we got repairs and improvements and things to fix up and clear up and paint and, you know. Oh, so what do I do to move them along to get them on the market quicker? Great advice came up. 
um, do a broker-only private listing. Oh. That's what some people are doing. That's a, that's kind of like a coming soon. And brokers uh, can, the ones you know, can show it, but only privately. It's not part of the multiple listings yet. Get a written time frame from them. Uh, use the fear of loss. We know what prices are now, but we don't know what prices are going to be later. And I thought all of that was good. And put yourself in the buyer's shoes. Do they want you doing their improvements? Or do they want to do the improvements at their own taste and at their own budget? Oh, I like that idea. You know, because sometimes sellers will have a tendency to cut corners on improvements or fixing or, or painting or whatever. So uh, I think most importantly, go back to what you learned in session five <clears throat> and cushion it, question it, isolate it, handle it, and close. <clears throat> cushion it as in, that's no problem. I'm just curious. What kind of repairs or improvements are you planning on doing? And how did you happen to choose those things to do? And who's going to do them? And by when? And how much do you think they'll run? And how long do you think it will take to get it all done? And when they're all done, how much more do you believe it will probably sell for than the condition it's in right now ah. as is? Mm -hmm. And what do you think it's worth as is? And when you get all of that done, are you saying that when you're fixing up and painting and improvement is all done, that you'll list with me? You are. Well, how am I supposed to believe that? What? Well, yeah. If, if they're just saying 45 days from now or 900 years from now, however long it takes them to do these, that they're definitely going to list with you, how am I supposed to believe that? How am I supposed to count on that and get things ready for you to be market ready? If, uh, if you're in control of showings, what have you got to lose by putting it on the market now? And then, of course, you go to the uh, sharp angle close. Okay. That if I would you, which is, of course, what if you could sell this house as is for the improved price, for full price? Would you? I mean, if I found a buyer who'd pay you full price, as is, would you sell it to them? And of course, they'll probably say, well, yeah. And then you say, well, well you, you can't, can't. <laughs> because it's not on the market yet. We don't work on properties that aren't on the market. Oh, that's so classic <clears throat> Floyd. I love it. And then, of course, there's off the top of my head, I'd estimate all of these repairs could be done in about three hours for about uh, $240. And I could have my handyman here. In fact, let me call him right now. Do you have a handyman on retainer? I think you should. Yeah. So, the only thing that's stopping you is showing it as is while the repairs are in process. Love it. Get the listing tonight. Yeah, let's get it signed. In fact, you and I know you're going to close a little more assertively. If you say to yourself when you leave the house without the listing, 
well, that's when I'm not going to get. If that's your mindset, then you are going to get a decision. And a decision is yes or no. Maybe, or later, or we think it over, is a decision not to decide. And too many times we settle for that when with a little bit of persistence, consistently applied, we could get the result we want. Yeah, I've, I've been hearing from quite a number of students that they're walking away from the listing appointment without the signature. So let's nip that in the bud this week, y'all. Let's make sure that we're leaving with the signature. Whatever that means to you, whether it's post-dated price reduction, whether it's sending your handyman and we're signing today, whether we sign today and I, I hold it off the MLS for a little while, whatever that means to you, I think that's a really right attitude. Walk out of that house saying, I'm not getting this unless I get it, you know, unless I got it just now, I'm not going to get it. Let's stop leaving our family's money laying on the kitchen table and we go back to the office. Fair enough? Stay warm. We'll see you next week.